We got an amazing show this week. We have the one, the only, Benny Freeman in studio. Listen to our shows, Fridays, 12 to 2, only on the Hava, 90.3 FM. What's up, everybody? Good afternoon. We have an we have an ultimate, ultimate, ultimate superstar in our studio today. We have the one, the only, Benny Friedman, Benyamin Benzion Friedman, in our studio right now. Really, really amazing gentleman. Benny, take it away. Take it away, Benny. Um, wow. How are you, Ariel? What's going on? Good. Everything's great. How's everything today? First of all, I got to say, I love that intro music. That, Thank uh, you so much. Leif Taher. Actually, uh, Shoni Malecki yeah. created the intro. Really? Yes, he did. Uh, so props to Shoni. Um, you, know, you know he's my chavrusa. Azai. Yeah, we learned together many years. I know you perform a lot with him. Sure I'm, do. Yeah, I just uh, performed with him. Uh, what was it? Today's Friday. It was Wednesday. For, just performed with him for the concert, in the sense for the for the concert in the park, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, we're gonna get into everything. Okay, Benny. Benny, I have some background story on you. Tell me if it's true. Oh. We, we said it says that you were born in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Minneapolis. So you you basically your family of fourteen. Um, you have some famous family members. Uh, tell me about everything. Tell me, Benny. How did Benny Friedman come, Benny Friedman? Well, it sounds like you know everything. It sounds like you got all the information. Um, yes, I was born in Twin Cities, Minnesota. There's uh, two cities over there, Minneapolis and Saint Paul. They call the Twin Cities. I was born actually in Saint Paul. Mm-hmm. Grew up in Saint Paul. Um, indeed. I come from a family of 14 kids. Can I know how to I am number 11, bottom of the pile. And, uh, and I have in my family, my father's brother is a pretty well-known Hasidic singer called Avram Fried. You may have heard the of him. famous Avram Fried. We just had, we just had him here a couple of weeks ago. Um, I'm sorry, months ago already. It's already, already a long time already. Uh, we had him here during the three weeks. Oh, yeah. Yes, Aaron Fried, number one. Exactly, exactly. Number one. I want to get into that because I heard an interview with the, with the Great Day podcast with Mayor Kay. Yeah, sure. And I know that your uncle has been a huge influence on your music, starting off onto how you are today to how you shaped your whole entire vocal structure into your vocal uh, and music kind of genre. So tell me about um, how, and, and basically what you did growing up, how you, I know that basically when Avram Fried, uh, your uncle uh, came out with an album. It was like some chasara in your house. Oh, absolutely. Waiting for the album to come out to, to get to Minnesota. Tell me about everything. How did you grow up um, with such a, like a musical background? So I'll tell you, first of all, that I don't think that I'm unique in the sense that I think basically everybody my age who was in music was influenced by Avram Fried, right? I'm not the only one. Everybody was. And you, can, and you can hear it in the style of music that basically everybody's putting out. There's a few exceptions, but basically everybody, you know what I mean? They were macabre from Avram Fried or Mordechai Ben David or, or a mix of both. So I'm not unique in that sense. Uh, I'm unique in other senses, but in that sense, not. Um, but yeah, in my house, Avram Fried was just the hero. We mm-hmm. lived far away. He was like a legendary uncle that we heard about. Uh, he came to Minnesota a couple of times to do shows. And that was just a highlight of our, of our youth. 
Because the thing is that I know the Friedman family has the Friedman DNA gene for the ultimate music family, in, in, in the number one music family in, in the Jewish community, in the music world. Um, let's just tell uh, a little about your family structure. I, uh, you have a, a coming from your family, um, Simcha Friedman, uh, Ellie Marcus, Ellie Marcus, uh, Avram Fried, yeah, yep, and your yep. and, and Benny Friedman. Hello. So, I, I'm, hey, I'm right here. <laughs> so I'll tell you that I actually, a few months ago, I had the opportunity to meet the Belusia Rebbe. Mm-hmm. And he told me a story. I'm called Ben Tzioin. I'm named after, not my grandfather, not my great-grandfather, but my great-great-grandfather. So the Belusia Rebbe told me that his grandfather was once Rosh Hashanah. Mm-hmm. By his grandfather, who was called the Tzvi Latzadik, the a very famous uh, Rebbe, and my great great grandfather Ben Sion was the Balshachris by the Tzvila Tzadik. Wow! So singing in my family apparently goes back at least that far. That's amazing. That's amazing to have such roots, to have such uh, amazing, amazing family. In a sense, uh, tell me, has has it been? Because uh, I know your father is in another context. Your father is actually an author. My father's a, an author, a speaker, a thinker, a philosopher, whatever you want to call uh, somebody who who uh, who does all that kind of thing. He, so he influenced a lot of people. Uh, to his credit, he, he has um, thousands and thousands of bali tshuva that he can personally take credit for. People who have beautiful, large Jewish families, children and grandchildren. Can I know how to? Um, I'm also a big fan of my father's, as you can tell. I know he uh, wrote The Joy of Intimacy and in, in another novel, in a sense, another uh, context. Uh, My father wrote uh, recently The Joy of Intimacy, and years ago he wrote a book called Doesn't Anyone Blush Anymore? They're both uh, books on sneers mm-hmm. and, and relationships between men and women, husband and wife. So it's a very, very uh, diverse kind of family uh uh, I t- like I, I like a jobs kind of situation regarding music writing. Is it? Do you prefer a more di- um, diverse kind of structure regarding, um, like, like regarding getting into music? Um, I know that you um, basically your role model during your during your childhood and everything else was Avram Fried, your uncle. Mm-hmm. Is that what got you mostly into music? I would say I would say yes. I mean, I basically spent my entire childhood uh, looking up to him and and pretending to be him. Mm-hmm. And I, I could sing for you every single note that he sang with every single kvetch, with every single, you know, in, uh, inflection. I could, you know what I mean? It was, I was fluent in everything and anything that he recorded. You were fluent in Avram Fried's music. Fluent in Avram Fried's music, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so much so that when I actually started singing myself, it was just basically an exact replica, albeit a lot worse. But an exact replica, you could tell that I was just channeling Avram Fried. So I had a problem on my hands. Right? Nobody wants to hear that. Exactly. You wanted to develop your own um, kind of uh, like... My own sound. Gen- your own genre in this yeah. sense. So how did you remodel yourself? So I took a hiatus from mm-hmm. listening to Avram Fried music. I went on an Avram Fried, Avram Fried fast, basically. <laughs> I stopped. What, 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 did your, what did your uncle think of this? Did you? Oh, it was a secret. Nobody knew about it. it was, you know, it was something that I was embarrassed about. Like, uh, you know what I mean? 
when you're working on yourself, somehow it seems like, it, it feels like something that you don't want to share with people because it's like self-improvement mm-hmm. means that you are not, you know, you're not on a certain level. So it's a little bit embarrassing. I don't know, that's human nature, I guess. Mm-hmm. So it was a secret. When you're working on yourself, you try to keep it to yourself. I don't know why. Everybody struggles. But uh, that's how it is. The struggle um, makes the person, in a sense. Absolutely. So I know you took the hiatus to go, if I'm not mistaken, the it was a two-year two period? A two-year period where I didn't listen to any Avram Freed music. I listened to a lot of music, just not Avram Freed. So I, I also want to get into vocal lessons. Did you have to restructure your voice, in a sense? I sure did. Um, and I was actually advised to go to Avram, to the same teacher who, te- who taught Avram Freed or teaches Avram Freed, and I resisted, and I didn't, because I didn't want I said, look, I'm already copying everything he does. I don't also need to go to the same... T- I mean, I'm struggling with this problem. I mean, it's not a problem, but it was a problem. So I went to a different teacher. I went to a teacher in Los Angeles called Seth Riggs, who's a very, very famous voice teacher. And the first thing in the first lesson, right, he heard me sing, and he said, okay. So we have a lot of work to undo Mm-hmm. before we start to do any work. We so have, he basically reconditioned your voice in a sense. Right. He said you have a lot of, you sing a lot, so your muscles are grooved a certain way. That was the word that he used. Muscles are grooved. And so we got to undo that and, to, and then start building again. So yeah, absolutely. From from uh, when I started studying voice uh, until about, uh, I guess a year later, it was like night and day. Mm-hmm. So I want to get into right now the chillant of this situation. Uh-huh. Let's get into your music. Okay. Tell me, you came out that album in 2009, Tam- yeah. Tamu. Tamu, yes. And after that, the second album you came out, the Yesh Tikva. Yep. So tell me about everything. Uh, what, what, basically, what you did to get ready for these albums? Because it's a lot of lot. I've, I've interviewed a lot of artists. And the thing is, I actually have very good friends with some artists, and it takes a lot of time and, and a lot, a lot of uh, effort and everything else. How do you prepare yourself for an album? Um, the first thing you need to do is find the money. Because it's super, super expensive to make an album. I was blessed that uh, in about 2007, I would say, um, there was a guy who heard my music. He was called Izzy Taubenfeld. All of us mm-hmm. actually passed away before my first album came out. He heard a recording of me singing. I think actually my uncle called him and said, look out for my nephew. He's... So he, he found a recording of my uh, performance. I did a dinner in Chicago, I think it was. And he found a recording of that, and he called me, which is the greatest blessing that a singer starting out can can have. It's like winning the lottery, right? Because mm-hmm. every singer, unless they are fabulously wealthy, they need to find the money. And that's the exactly. hardest part. Exactly. Everything, it's, unfortunately, it's financial for everything these days. Yeah, everything's about the money. The thing is, like, you know, there's so many artists probably sure, and, and that, are, that don't have the finances. I am sure that the next Mordechai Ben David... Is, is sitting at home waiting because he doesn't have the money to put together an album. And there's probably, you know, incredible talent out there that's just not able to, uh, you know what I mean, to produce music. But, but uh, yeah, so when Izzy Taubenfeld called me, it was like literally winning the lottery. Mm-hmm. He said to me, come to my office. I want to discuss with you investing in your, in your album, which means he was going to pay for it. That's... That's the dream. That's the dream. So I owe everything that I have to Izzy Taubenfeld, Allah Vashalem. And uh, I'm uh, infinitely and permanently uh, and eternally grateful to him. 
And he did. He invested in the first album. And it came out in 2009. We spent a long time looking for material. Uh, and and uh, till this day, I still hear we're coming up with the, to the uh, 10 year anniversary of that first album coming out. Till this day, I still hear people say, man, that Tamu album. So when greatest fi- album so I'm ever. Just, I'm just curious. When officially did you start doing music to the general public in a sense? Like the, the, the uh, kind of anniversary date? I'm not sure what day it was. Um, I started singing when I was in yeshiva, which I probably shouldn't have done. Um, I well, did why, a, why do you say that? Because it's a distraction. Yeah, I mean, just very simply, it's a distraction. When you feel like... I'm, uh, I'm presuming that you went to yeshiva to, in Crown Heights to the... Did you, did you go... Did you, um, I was never in yeshiva in Crown Heights. I was never in Yeshiva Crown Heights. I was in Yeshiva, I'll tell you where I was. I was in Postville, Iowa. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have a pencil? Because it's a long list. <laughs> I was in Postville, Iowa. I was in Tzvat, Israel. I was in Los Angeles. And I was in Miami. And in Los Angeles, I, in, in, in Postville, when I was about 13, 14 years old, I would sing there very often. There was a, there was a weekly Mlava Malka. Every Matzah Shabbos, they had a Malav Malka for the entire community, and I would sing there very often. Mm-hmm. The Lag Boimer uh, celebration I sang, and I, would, I was the Chaz, and I was, I was 13 years old. It's probably the worst time to sing, but anyway. Um, in Tzvat, somebody asked me when I was 16 to sing at their wedding. That was probably the first wedding where I performed as the wedding singer, was in Tzvat. In Los Angeles, I performed at Chabad dinners. Um, to the great consternation of my Rosh Hashiva. He, I got permission. I, I didn't do it without permission. But he told me he was giving me permission very, uh, very uh, half-heartedly. And then in Miami, there was an Oif Simchas concert, and they needed an opening act. And they asked if I would do it, and I was absolutely uh, excited to do it. That was my first uh, concert. And I, I got to say also earlier than that, I was paid, the first paid gig that I had was when they hired me at Camp Romamu to dress up as Avram Freed and break out Color War. That was the first paid gig that I had. That, Camp sounds, that, sounds, that sounds like an interesting gig. How, how, how old were you when uh, you had to do that? I believe I was, um, I want to say 17. So at that, at that point, probably, like, I don't know, Avram Fried is probably it's one he's one he's the biggest, but the thing is that every, the thing is that the Friedman Benny Friedman factor was not wasn't known at that point, or did pe- did people know completely unknown, completely unknown, um, which was I mean that was part of the uh, part of the sequence in the sense sure that I mean so what happened was I'll tell you like this we were in a water park. Mm-hmm. All the basically all the boys overnight camps in the mountains would come. Would, they would they would take out this huge huge water park on the same day, right? It, mm-hmm. was, it was too big for any one camp to do it themselves. So all the camps would do it together. And uh, I'm not a big water park guy, uh-huh. so I was basically sitting on the side with some of my friends. And uh, over the radio, they heard people mentioning Shlemy Dax. Shlemy Dax, come in, Shlemy Dax. You know, all the radios, all their signals were getting crossed, and so all the camps were hearing all the other conversations. So basically, it became on the radio a, a, a joke, right? People thought that people that they were making a joke calling for Shlemy Dax. So they started calling for Avram Fried, and they started calling for for Mendy Wald, and they started calling for anyway. So people started singing. So I started singing 
as though I'm Avram Freed. That's a lot. Over the radio. Those, those are big shoes to uh, fill. Yeah, but I mean, over the radio, radio, it's pretty easy. You don't hear so clearly. But anyway, when I started doing that, suddenly Shlaimi Dax, who was in the water park, uh-huh. he said, whoa, 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 where are you? Where are you? I'm coming right now. <laughs> and he came and he met us. And we had a little kumzitz together. Uh-huh. It was very, very beautiful. And off to the side was sitting um, one of the uh, directors of Camp Romumu. And after the kumzitz, he approached me and he said... I have an idea. So that's how it... That's, that's amazing. That's, that's how that story... That's, that's an interesting story. Yeah. So I want to get into something amazing. Mr. Benny Friedman, yourself, Miss Benny, you had the ultimate, the most viewed, the number one Jewish music video of all time. Tell well, me, well, well. Tell me a little about it. Oh, how, how many? How many views? Over fifteen million. Over fifteen million. Wow. So I'm I'm struggling with this number because I'll tell you why. There's a guy called Yishai Rebo. Yeah, I know. Yishai, Yishai Rebo is singer of the year in Israel, uh, uh, across all genres. Singer of the year, not just uh, religious singer of the year. Singer of the year in Israel. So he's got more views than I do, and I consider his music, religious music. Obviously, it's it's uh, it's all kosher and Jewish. So he's number one in my book. I consider myself. Uh, at least number two. But in the Hasidic market, uh, yes, indeed, I do hold the record. How, how do you feel? 15 million views. It's incredible. It's really, really incredible. It's a huge blessing, and I thank God for it every day. And um, and I hope that we can do it again. Uh, but I don't expect it because, uh, I mean, Ivri Anoichi was like lightning in a bottle, you know? Uh, you, it basically it was kind of a firebomb in a sense. It was uh, it was absolutely miraculous, and and basically creating Ivor Noichi, uh, what 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 went into it? What do, did you think that the? Because um, I know that you did the video, the music video with Mayor K. Yeah. Right? Did you know that was going to hit fifteen over fifteen million views? Not even close. I, I mean, we had zero uh, expectations. Um, but I'll tell you what, we I did a, a concert for NCSY in uh-huh. Israel. Right, they do this big. A uh, huge NCSY trip where all be, I think all the uh, branches of NCSY come together in Israel the same week. And they have at the end something called Yom NCSY where they all get together and there's a big program and they have also music. So they hired me one year a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And this, a lot of the kids there are not uh, so affiliated with their Judaism throughout the year. But on this trip, there's just a huge inspiration exactly. to become more involved and more connected. So at at one point in the evening, they played a slideshow or a video or something like that, and they had some background music they were playing. And it was an interesting song, and it was like very uh, uh, in the style of an anthem, and the whole place was rocking. But the theme of the song kind of was lost on everybody. I didn't really get it. And I thought to myself then that if there was an anthem that was clearly promoting Jewish pride a Jewish pride anthem that kids who, who learn a whole year in public school or in, in, in not necessarily a, a that Jewish un, environment. A, a song that unites everybody. That they could, they, that could grab hold of them or they could grab hold of it and take it with them and, and use it and be inspired by it. I thought that would be such a fantastic idea. And then a couple of weeks later, I was at home and Ari Goldwag sent me a song. He said, take a listen to this and tell me what you think. And it was Ivri Anoichi. Wow. And I thought to myself... This is the song. This is the song that I'm looking for. So we we uh, 
we uh, had high hopes for it, mm. invested a lot of money and a lot of time, uh, and thank God. Exactly. We actually have Ivar Neichi queued up right now. This is a Hava 90.3. We have Benny Freeman in studio. Ivar Neichi right now.
And we are back with Benny Friedman, Ivar Anaychi. Benny, wow. Wow, 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 wow. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Benny, um, tell me, how do you feel? I, I know we spoke about this, but how do you feel like the feedback from the music? How do you, how do you even um, f- comprehend the feel? It, it, it's incredible. There are many songs that you get feedback from. People, you know, I love this song. I love that song. That's my favorite. I, uh-huh. I you know. But Yesh Tikva, for example, I got great feedback that people used it when they were down or they still, they use it when they were down or when they were in a tough situation or God forbid in the hospital or things like that. You know, it's amazing. I, I started listening to music when I was, I don't know, five, four. And um thing is that I used to listen to Miami Boys Choir. Mm-hmm. I've always been a fan of Yerachmiel. And um, I listened to Shweki. And the thing is that your music... Um, I, I create. I, I used to, when I was younger, I used to start doing music videos. I still do music videos. Thing is that I started doing music videos, everything else regarding your music, everything else. Your music so inspirational to hundreds and millions and, and, and thousands of people worldwide, internationally here in New York, here in New York, Israel, everywhere. Um, I want to get into a very interesting view. Um, many, your family um, is part of the Chabad community. Right? Yes, indeed. So I know that the Rebbe had a very interesting choice, a uh, very, very interesting opinion on music. Did you um, ever ask, because I know your uncle, your uncle told me, he wrote a letter to the Rebbe, and he said, he basically asked, should I should I go into music? And he says, don't play your albums on Shabbos. Mm-hmm. And on every single album, he writes not to play this album on Shabbos. So what what was your kind of viewpoint of mixing the um, from the, the from uh, the religious side of aspects to the pop to everything else to all the genres that you have you that you've sang? How do you mix it together? Um, I think that the Rebbe's opinion is very clear in that um, music is a vehicle. Talent, art, um, is a vehicle that can be used for goodness. And if you have the ability to do it, it comes along with the responsibility and the obligation to do it. Mm -hmm. If a person has the ability to inspire people through music, then he is obligated to do that. And the Rebbe in Hayyim Yim actually is very clear and says that if a person uses a muscle, that if a person can has the ability to to uh, be a diamond cutter, and instead he uh, he spends his time baking you know uh, plain loaves of bread. It's kilu. It's almost like a sin. Uh-huh. When you have the ability to do something, you have the potential that you can that you can live up to, and you don't, mm-hmm. and you don't even try. Then you are you are. Uh, you know what I mean? You're you're, you're, you're missing your your sense of your um, your greatness in a sense. You are yeah. You're you're leaving the blessings that God gave to you mm-hmm. on the table, and that's uh, that's an incredible uh, oversight. Or I mean, it's a it's a really a so serious. Do, so do you believe that um, was was so music has always been a of uh, your love in a sense. You've always had a love of music. And wanted to do that all, all through. The thing is that, have you ever had um, the? Have you ever wanted to do something else regarding else regarding music? Or I uh, m- music was it for me. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I always knew that I was going to try it. I didn't know if I was going to be successful. Uh, I still don't know, but we're trying. Um, I think you are successful now. Baruch Hashem. Benny, um, really, I have some more music coming up right now. Uh, but I want to talk about from we talked about your past. We talked about the uh, the religious side of your music and mm-hmm. everything else. I want to get down to the future. Talk to me about the future. Well, I have a new CD coming out um, right after Rosh Hashanah. As you may have heard, I had a little bit of a. Uh, I I heard some things, but I I want to get the full aspect. Tell me yeah. what tell me what went on. I want to hear the story. So I'll tell you. We have CDs being delivered right now as we speak to our warehouse in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is the second delivery. The first delivery happened on uh, Sunday of this week, and when we checked it, put a take a CD and put it in the player. We checked it to make sure everything's okay. And it I turns saw out that you were in music. Yeah, printer. so you were in Miami. I was in Miami in when Miami, that happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you were in Miami and. Um, like you're saying, oh, it's it's not bad music, but it's the wrong CD. It's not bad music, but it's just not my music. Um, I wouldn't mind if my music sounded like that. It was actually very, very nice music. Avramorcha Schwartz is an extremely, extremely talented singer, mm-hmm. composer, writer, and producer. And it was his music uh, composed by Anshi Friedman uh-huh. that was on my CD. Uh, and it was beautiful, but it just wasn't what we what we were responsible for producing. Anyway... So we had to send them back, and we had to reprint it. So they're just being delivered today. And today, as you know, is Erev Shabbos, and then Sunday is Erev Rosh Hashanah. Just, so, it's, uh, so it's a very, very... Uh, it's a little too tight. It's like everything everything is going on, and then you have the... Like like you're trying to fuse a, a bomb before before the timing goes right. off. Um, but, you know, we say, Kol Akova Letoiva. Every delay is for the good. That's and, what, and also, uh, um, I, well, you said in your video, but Mordechai Shapiro told you, Hakol Mishamayim. Hakol Mishamayim, indeed. <laughs> yes, yes, he did. I have a beautiful, beautiful song, Hey, Randy McCabal. I heard the first live performance of this. When, when was the concert? Um, it was in... Yeah, the summer. In the middle of the... In the mountains. In, in, in the, yeah, in, in Rochelle Drake mm-hmm. for um, the uh, a huge organization, amazing organization, Amuna. Mm-hmm. Um I thought it was amazing. We have the, I saw the, the cover art and everything else. Gorgeous. I know you were um, giving hints for this music, like the music before it came out, the song before it came out. And I remember the day of when you released it, when, when you released Harini McCobble, I don't know, uh, a week ago? Like, Something like that. Maybe yeah, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago already. Um, we have it right here. We're going to play it right now. We got Harini McCobble, Betty Friedman, brand new song. We love it right now on Hava. העולם גדול, לכל אחד יש את דרכו. אחד רוצה מעט אחר הכל, אשרי שומח בחלקו. מי שזכה קיבל במתנה את האוצר הכי יקר. ניצוץ אחד קטן של אמונה, והוא מאיר איתו את העולם. אם טוב יעבור
we are back with Benny Friedman. Benny, Harini McCabell, amazing, amazing, amazing song. Uh, we got some more music coming up, brand new from the album. Uh, Benny, when are you set to release this beautiful album? So, uh, because of the delay, we're going to release it, Be'ezrat Hashem, please God, um, just after Rosh Hashanah. So, uh, something to to uh, basically go into New Year expecting and hoping for. Amazing, amazing album that's going to come out, Be'ezrat Hashem, after Yantif. Um, what what are you expecting on this album? Is, is there kind of different music genre? Uh, what do we what should we expect? Because I know with the many Freeman factor, you can't expect anything because it's so unpredictable. Because the music is so amazing. Thank you very much. We have some some really uh, really interesting surprises. Uh, it's mostly actually a Hebrew language album. Uh huh. Most of the album is in Hebrew. Um, one song is fifty percent Hebrew, fifty percent English. And one song is mainly English with a Russian chorus. Russian chorus? We got a little Russian. And I figured since we're so close to Brighton Beach, <laughs> maybe we can listen to this. I wanted actually to call the album Kharasho. Kharasho means good. Uh-huh. Slava Bogu means thank God. So the song is called Kharasho. Do you have Russian uh, roots? Don't we all? Do Don't we? we all have Russian roots? Doesn't the, I don't know if I'm saying this correctly. I don't speak <laughs> Russian. <laughs> We have some new music coming up, Kalani Lelech, Tashiru, and Kharasho coming up. But Benny, we want to thank you very much for coming on the show. We want you to have a beautiful Shabbos, a beautiful Yandif, only on Hava 90.3 FM. What's up, everybody? We got some new music from Benny Freeman coming up right now. Uh, Tashiru Kalanomelech coming up right now on the Hava 90.3 FM.
debut a brand new music Tashiru Kulanu Nelech and Kharasho right now right now only on a Hava point three FM יש צבא גדול, שלוחם מכל הלב, ונותן את הכל. לא חושב מה יהיה, ומוסר את הלב. אחד בשביל כולם, כולם בשביל אחד, רצים קדימה. ישנו עם קטן, מפוזר בכל קצוות תבל. יום יבוא קרוב מאוד, ואז הוא ייגאל. רק מי ומי, מי ומי, מי ומי ומי יגיע. Thank you. 
as they play the trees start singing without warning it's gonna be a wonderful day you know I got no patience for complaining to stop and quetch about all the bills I have to pay cause even when there should be sunshine but it's raining my feet will dance me to the kretschma anyway so the blessings they're coming but you keep on running And sing Raz, dva, tri Harasho, harasho Slava Bogu, harasho Life is good, life is great It's a chance to celebrate Harasho, harasho It's a party, it's a ball And ain't nothing gonna get me down at all Harasho, harasho Slava Bogu, harasho Life is good, life is great Afzeloch is all the hate Harasho, harasho It's a party, it's a ball And these three little words They say it all 
But of course that's gotten boy Before you go and start to get all sad and teary There's a very special lesson to be learned Because not only when the sun is out and shining Or when you're acing everything you try to do The master plan is more than just a silver lining It's a golden world created just for you So how are the kids? We hope for the day when the whole world 